I think it's really, for me as of late, it's more about modeling my behavior and making sure that everything that I ask of them is something that I'm doing myself. And it's not always easy to do. We can't always be in that mode where we're going to be, you know, follow my lead type of situation there. I mean, we have to be present and we have to be really persistent, making sure that you can't let them stray away too, too far. But I think lately it's consumed me. It's something that it's my greatest responsibility, you know, career or everything else aside, you know, this is one job that I cannot fail. And sometimes you put yourself in a situation where you compromise yourself a lot because of that. And you can't do that either. Hey, I'm Jade Ellison, a multi-passionate creative based out of New York City who's obsessed with personal development and anything business from marketing, branding, creating online programs to launches and helping you step into your true self so that you can share your gifts with the world. Gain insights with manifesting, creating life on purpose and get ready to elevate yourself in ways that will surprise even you. Included in your weekly dose of inspiration, get ready to be entertained, uplifted, and encouraged to take action with simple and easy to apply tips, tools, and strategies that fit into your busy daily life, sprinkled with some woo-woo along the way. From embracing your confidence to mastering success habits, setting achievable goals, and ways to harness positive mindsets and beliefs so that you can kick self-doubt and your inner critic to the curb where they belong. Whatever's on the topic call sheet, I'll help you navigate the raw, messy, and sometimes hilarious truths of achieving success, abundance, and happiness, all while encouraging you to become the best version of yourself. So think of me as your go-to girlfriend, talking over some coffee, getting real, and giving you some amazing advice to go from hot mess to thriving success. This is the Uber Savvy Life and Biz Podcast. I had so much fun with our guest this week. Make sure you check out this bonus recap for the special episode highlights. Grab a pen, a pad, and let's jump straight in. So that's super exciting working on Orange is the New Black. I feel like that's probably the best way to get a recurring role, getting the co-star and then just doing your thing, showing up to set, bringing your best, and then kind of forgetting about it and then moving on and then getting that call. So that obviously brought you other roles from that. What was the next thing that you went into that kind of like shifted how you were showing up for prepping for your roles, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So because of the intricacies about that work on Orange was that I essentially had no storyline. I was only given a few pages here and there. And as it evolved for me, I got to know more people on the cast. I obviously had a great relationship with Aleda and Dasha or Daya character names, but you know, Elizabeth and Dasha and I just wanted to figure out and learn more. And so, you know, I had actually worked nightlife with Jackie Cruz. She was actually a server. I was a bartender at Lalo. And so between the three of them and more people that I got to know, you know, I sort of got a little bit more into the story and my preparation became a little bit fuller once I knew that I was, first of all, creating a real through line for who this guy was before, in that moment, and then after. So important. And that's how I would evolve from that show into the next. And then I would say, you know, the word that I did on when they see us, even though it was short, even though the auditioning, I should say, I should preface that by saying that after Orange, my auditioning process completely changed. And I was going into much bigger rooms. You're not necessarily booking everything, but 
I felt like I was growing because I was going into much deeper, much bigger rooms for much bigger jobs. You know, I had gone close to booking real shows like pilot shows that didn't work out, but I was, you know, consistently year after year and season after season, a year and a half or two going in for those big pilots for the network. And then that kind of opens the way for you to be better prepared and more seasoned for the next one and then the next one. And so when I got the role for when they see us, I felt ready to step into something like that because that role was so, he was a very ugly person. And I knew that story. The story of the Central Park Five to me was very personal because I had just moved to the States when that story was happening. And I remember vividly the sentiments of everyone around me, not just, you know, my mom remarried here and I had my stepfather had his feelings about those kids. I remember other people in the neighborhood talking about those kids. I remember how they just persecuted these kids and you don't know the story. You're just, you know, the general public is just hearing and being fed the news and you don't know the intricacies of a story like that. It wasn't until obviously later when all the details came out that we knew what really went on and how those kids got persecuted the way they did and falsely imprisoned, really. It's horrible. So for me, it was being able to understand the levity and the intensity of these roles and because they're real, it's a true story. I just felt like I graduated into a whole new world. As an actor, I felt like I can kind of step in. I had the confidence to not only going up for these jobs, but step into those roles and making those jobs what they were. Like, I mean, it's an opportunity. It's, you know, you got, you owe respect to not just the story, but the writers and everyone involved. And so that was really when things started to take off for me. And then it was doing a series in Puerto Rico briefly because the Show Me a Hero series that I did with David Simon, that was actually kind of like closing a pull circle for me because even though in the story it was uh, supposed to be the Dominican Republic, they shot that in Puerto Rico. No way. So I got to go back to the homeland and I got to go have my father come stay with me. It was my father, my brother, myself, and David Simon in a whirlpool at the El San Juan Hotel on the last night of the shoot. Like, it was just so crazy how you just, not just being in the, in the shooting, working and having that and kind of transforming myself. I grew a beard, I dyed my facial hair blonde. You know, I did that to replicate an experience I had had years before when I did go to Dominican Republic of these kids down there because they thought that was a cool thing to do, like to dye their hair. Like there was like these black kids, like they were like the, the guys who would take care of the catamarans and all the work in the beach. Like they dyed their hairs and I just didn't understand what they were doing. Like these yeah. beautiful mulatto, dark skin, big guys. And I'm like, why would you dye your hair? It's a thing to do. It was just a thing to do. It's just a thing to do. It's just like the sun in back in the days when I was high school. It's like, why would you dye your hair? You know, the sun in. It was just a thing to do. And so I remember that. And it just slowly but surely all these little things kind of started to come together. Your dad must have been so proud. And, you know, I know he was so proud for a lot of your accomplishments, but just to even witness that, I feel like that's a turning point for a lot of parents in the industry when they get to actually witness what their child has grown to become, you know? Yeah, what they achieved and to see them actually working. Yeah, it was a good moment for everyone there. And especially for me, I brought a lot of things. You know, I always say, Jay, that I've always lived to make them both proud. You know, even as a grown man, even as a grown adult, I've always, you owe 
that to them. You know, when you understand the sacrifice. So yes, there was a time of our lives that we will never forget. And it was, like I said, I closed the big circle. I actually got to go back to Puerto Rico and work in all those years. Like, you know, he left the country to go do this. And now he's actually coming back here to do more work. So it was great. It was fantastic to do that. And to have my brother there as well, it was just, you know, kind of icing on the cake. That's incredible. Putting all that stuff together. You're just in a much more secure place so then you can go out and actually do your best work when you have the confidence to actually do it when you start believing in yourself more. Absolutely. Things lined up. Things really just began to, and they just continued to line up. I get a lot. I got my agents. I have my manager representation solid. All those details and all those aspects of my career are now solid. That in turn made it possible for me to go into much bigger rooms. I ended up booking a pilot, which we actually shot in Canada. So I got to go work in Canada. The trustee. Yeah, that's right. And was that before or after the world closed? That was 2017. That was 2017. And that, so that was your first pilot that in 2017? 2017. That was the first pilot. And that actually, we shot it. It was there. Michael Cutlitz, Laverne Cox was the lead in the show. And it was, you know, it was amazing. I mean, it was, you know, I spent a week in, oh my goodness, not Toronto, but Montreal? No, Montreal, the West Coast. The West British Columbia. No, no, no. No, I'm messing it all up. No, it's my God. Vancouver. It's the West. Vancouver. Thank you. Thank you. Got to spend a month out in Vancouver. Nice. You know, a month and a half. Did you find yourself talking like Canadians? I have so many. Not Canadian at all. Friends. Not at no? all. But I found myself wishing that I could move to Canada because let me tell you, I still think Canada. I mean, what a place. I mean, I've been to Toronto now three or four times for work. And I've been there and I would love, so easy for us here in New York, by the way, it's like a quick hour flight, but Canada has been good to me. And coming back from that experience, and then of course the pilot did not get picked up, but nonetheless, it's like, I have now an actual record of, you know, being paid as a series regular. And so now you are sort of in a, you're at a different level, right? You have uh, comps as they call in the real estate world. You know, you have comps that you can match. I love it. So. I was just stacking all my chips and I feel like I'm never going to be out of that mode of working and work begets work, as they say, but you always have to stack your chips and continue to build and grow in the last experience in the last job. And that's where I find myself now. And, you know, I, I was blessed to get hired for the power series ghost that really catapulted me into another level. I feel how was working with Mary J. Blige? It, you know, Mary J is a legend, you know? Yeah. And I think, I had a lot of, you know, insecurities. Naturally. I mean, she's like an icon. She's a total icon. But again, having had those experiences of all those years of stacking my chips, so to speak. And I mean, I've been hired for a pilot. I've worked on TV now. I can do this work. And after that pilot, I did get some subsequent work in other, you know, NCIS and I did Chicago PD and I did some other work. And so now like my face was out there a little bit more, you have a body of work that gets you some type of, you know, you build some credibility. Yeah. And you build, and then the community and cast and production can sort of trust that and empower you to be part of their work. And, you know, you get opportunities from that. And it builds your confidence. It builds And your, it builds the confidence. And your security. Yeah. Knowing that you got this, like being on set, you built yourself up, you've worked enough, you've lived your life. Yeah. And now you're amongst people that, are effortless to play with. Otherwise you wouldn't be there. Exactly. And believing that is great. And so that's how I got over that quick, you know, I was nervous at first, but then it was time to go. And, you know, our relationship on that show was pretty contested. You know, we were, it was pretty heated. So 
that grounded me and that made me feel at ease. And I just, I brought as much as she brought. So nice. it worked out well. You matched it. We matched it. And the experience helped to be prepared for something like that. And that's from the Meisner training. So for anybody who might be like, what in the heck is Meisner? There's different styles of acting training. There's method training, which is kind of like an old school style training. It's very valid. It's a very powerful style of training where method training, method actors really live in the moment and they have to pull up a lot of like old memories and old emotions to kind of get that emotional state, so to speak, and that energy into the character. Where with Meisner, it's present. It's reacting. It's action, reaction. It's cause and effect. It's literally like what you bring is what I bring. What you need me to match is what I'm going to match. Like it's more of a mirror. It's more natural and it's more real life, I feel. There's a lot of validity in the method acting. And there's some actors who mix method with Meisner. But Berto trained via Robert Patterson, who worked directly with Sanford Meisner, which is incredible. I trained at William Esper, and that is a Meisner-based acting studio as well in New York City. So I love that you matched her energy. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Especially because you went head to head with Mary J. Blige, which is awesome. Yeah. It's been an interesting road with her. And, you know, I'm so grateful because, you know, she's such a mega star. And I think it was a matter of us figuring out that we were equals in this moment here. And I think it played really great. I think it played really convincing and really great on camera. We definitely, we were in the service of that script and I think we did it a great service. Awesome. That's incredible. Who would you say surprised you when you met them and you got to learn more about them behind the scenes on set? Besides me, of course. Besides you on set. I mean, I think for me, one of the nicest surprises was uh, working with Method Man on that show. Nice. He is somebody that I admire and looked up to. I'm proud that I can say that I'm actually, he's a friend. I call him a friend now. I love it. You know, the sensibilities of a guy like that are, I guess, most people would make certain assumptions about him. And little do they know what's really underneath all of that, right? It's so refreshing to meet someone who you don't think you have so many things in common with, but you do. You know, he's also a father. You know, he's a big dude, so he's always had an interest in in his physicality. It's very present for him. He is of a very strong mindset. He's extremely talented linguistically and physically and in every way possible. I think the guy is, there's no bounds. There's no real limit to what a guy like that can do. And I mean, he's an idol. I mean, I grew up a fan. Absolutely. For me, that was like one of the nicest surprises. It's just, you don't think that you can have so many things in common with somebody like that and that they'd be so welcoming of you, really. I mean, that's kind of like the way we think of stars. So that's cool. There was a lot of great, everyone on this set was, I said, working, it's, you know, we always talk about this family, you know, it was was really going to work with a bunch of like your brothers and sisters and cousins, you know, so really from not just the cast, crew, production, everyone's really I think I got spoiled somewhat. It's going to be very hard to find a set like that, for sure. That's amazing. And if you're all wondering which show that is, again, that's Power Book 2 Ghost, which Berto played opposite Mary J. Blige and also has the cast of Method Man and other incredible actors on there. And you can find that on Stars if you are subscribed to that network. That's incredible. What is Method Man's real name? Does he say? 
Clifford Smith. Is it really? Did you call him Method though? Like, how was that? I just call him Method. You call him Method? I just call him Method, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I love it. Unless he tells me, call me Clifford from this point forward, but that's, I just call him Method, yeah. I love it. That's fantastic. So currently, what's your most exciting project that you yeah. are itching to get back to? <laughs> yes, because the project is on hold, unfortunately. But yeah, so I was really lucky to kind of transition right at the very end of Ghost because my character meets his timely death. I booked a role in the new series Boss, which is originally called The Penguins, pretty much a spinoff from the DC, Matt Reeves world of the Batman for HBO. They created a series for one of the villains, the Penguin, played by none other than Colin Farrell. Very cool. And if you haven't seen that movie, first of all, go back and see the Batman and you'll find out why there is now a series, a spinoff for just the Penguin because he, it is just visceral performance. First of all, he's in a complete body suit made of latex and rubber and there's hair and the guy just, he is transformative enough just in his own skin. But the levels that transformation goes to when he puts on this suit is just, it's again, he is transformative enough. It's just now when you add the visual and the exceptional visuals of seeing somebody gain 70 pounds and it doesn't look like it's fake and his speech, you know, the evil that this guy is, the penguin, and the sort of like the new spin on this villain who was sort of, you know, the penguin has never been a very, I don't know, I guess you would say, I've never viewed the penguin as he's, you know, small and kind of like squirmy. Right. He was a villain because he was definitely evil, but easily subdued. Like you can get him, you know, you cut off the parish, you know, you cut off, you figure out where umbrellas are at and you find them or whatever. Or if you take his umbrella away, his powers, he's read their top, right? Like he wouldn't really contest Batman in any way, physically. This guy is no joke. I mean, it was just so amazing to be able to be, and I got to go to work. And so my days are always with him and a bunch of other amazing people. Do you have to wear any costumes in that? No, not for, he's the only one. Yeah, no costumes. I have to get HBO Max. Yeah, no, you got to. I think it's one of the better, you know, the, the programming is amazing on there. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. Incredible. And depending when this episode airs, you might be already on set filming that. Yeah, <laughs> let, let's hope so. I mean, let's hope so. I mean, right now they have to get through filming and then hopefully we'll have a date for the debut. That's incredible. It must take four hours for him to get into his penguin suit. It's four to five hours every time he shows up to work. It's really intense. Insane. Yeah. And to be around it and to be in the presence of that, it's really insane. And he's still showing up in the makeup trailer, like to finish off, or he has his own he has. They set him up separately, you know, like he has his own kind of like separate production that goes on for him, you know, because right. he kind of shows up and it's, you know, four hours before, three hours after, or five before, three hours after. It takes three hours to get out of that outfit. I'm sure it takes a while to get out. Amazing. Yeah. It's, that's love. That's love. That's absolute love. Absolute love for the craft. Absolutely. You know, how big is your smile every time you have a early call and like you wake up at 3 a.m.? I don't think I ever complain when I have to wake up so early to be on set. Yeah, I know. There's never a complaint when it comes to that. I mean, my wife always makes fun of me because it's my goodness, you, how do you do that? You know, and it almost like we're just in such a high, right? I mean, three o'clock in the morning, we're driving or someone's picking us up and you don't sleep. I don't sleep. It's just like a whole day. That means that my day is going to be 16 hours, you know, and it doesn't feel like it at all. 
you know. No, there's so much energy and adrenaline. And that's what I love about being on set. I feel like everybody is so intricately masterful with their specific task, with their department, with their job. And mm-hmm. everybody's happy to be there from the grips to lighting, to sound, to hair and makeup. Absolutely. Catering, you know, crafty. That's what we call it on set. Crafty, craft services. Yeah. We eat things that we don't even, that we wouldn't typically even eat at our own home, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. The fan, all the fancy snacks that we don't have in, in our own rooms, we eat there. Yeah. Absolutely. So what would you say is an ideal for you with your acting? I know that you have some ideas for writing your own work and producing that. What would be something that you would love to come to fruition on this journey of acting and also being that positive influence as a father to your girls so that they can feel like they want to work towards something and bring that type of value that you've been bringing for all of these years? Yeah. I think for me, it would be to get on some, you know, first of all, to have the ability to create my own work and to get on some type of routine where I know the work was coming. So it's sort of like I'm sitting on about three or four projects that I think could realistically keep me employed for about five, six years. And the fruits of that can be five, six, ten more. So ideally for me is creating a path for me to continue to grow as an actor, but to have a source that I can sort of tap into. And as I'm tapping into that source, it's a close circle of work that I have, say, in this corner, that will spin out of control and create another small circle of work with a producer or with a particular director who's also kind of on their way up or continuing and staying on top to their journey where they're now trusting me to continue to be part of their journey as well. And it's all like this revolving circle, revolving different little circles that continue to go around and they continue to kind of feed into themselves. So I'd love to direct one day, but I'd love to be part of a production. I'd love to be able to have the financial freedom to say, hey, so now as a producer in this, I am going to hand over the reins of production and not only can I produce this, but now I'm going to be acting in this or doing the work in this. And maybe if it's an episodic, I'd love to direct one or two little episodes. So it's sort of like that continuing to grow within this industry and to kind of get myself into as many things creatively as possible, mainly in directing and producing, but always, always keeping my focus on the acting because that's priority for me. And all these other elements that I think that I want to incorporate into my career would just serve to make me a better actor. So ideally, that is what I'm working towards, right? I love that. That's what I'm focusing in on. And I just want to be ready. I want to be prepared because you hear people say all the time that they have this work and they have this and they have that. It's not always worth, you know, it's not always, let's face it, you know, I myself have attached myself to things in the past that were not good. And I simply did it just because there was nothing else. Right. As you grow, you let certain things go and you move to better ones. Right. It's easier to spot the things like, am I doing this because there's nothing else going on or am I doing this because it really means something to me because I want to bring this value that I have within me to this project? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And with just being that ongoing role model in your family for your daughters to know 
that, yes, it's good to have fun and it's good to enjoy your teens, but at the same time to have that vision and to have something to work towards. What would you like to say for those who are listening who have young children, who have even older children that they want to make sure that they instill this guidance in? Now, as of late, I think that we bombard kids with a lot of different words and a lot of things. We bombard them with messaging. And I've come to the realization that, you know, they're not always going to be ready to receive that message. As of late, what I'm trying to do is model my behavior more. It's more about actions than words. You know, we have to be disciplinarians. We have to set rules and we have to set boundaries. But I think it's really, for me, as of late, it's more about modeling my behavior and making sure that everything that I ask of them is something that I'm doing myself. And it's not always easy to do. We can't always be in that mode where we're going to be, you know, follow my lead type of situation there. I mean, we have to be present and we have to be really persistent, making sure that you can't let them stray away too, too far. But I think lately it's consumed me. It's something that it's my greatest responsibility, you know, career or everything else aside, you know, this is one job that I cannot fail. And sometimes you put yourself in a situation where you compromise yourself a lot because of that. And you can't do that either. So I guess my advice would be to model your behavior, to have patience, to deliver that message in a very inefficient way, succinct, without much anger, if that's the emotion that's governing that type of message or excitement. You have to sort of be even keel with them and thorough and celebrate their wins, you know, highlight the things that you got to highlight, focus on the good times, and focus on being present with them, you know, as much as possible. I'm getting away from the idea of being so much the disciplinarian and more of a, not a friend, but a person that they can come to. Even in a moment where they may need redirecting, I'm going to continue to redirect, but I want to try to figure out a way to do it in a better way, just because we end up wasting a lot of time sometimes. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's going to help a lot of our listeners for sure, especially the ones who are pursuing a creative path or who might be pursuing entrepreneurship or creating their online programs or creating a coaching program. Yes. There's a lot of focus, I would say, to bring our best to that while at the same time wanting to be that incredible role model, like you said, and guiding without stepping too much into the friend zone. Yes. With your own children so that they still feel like they could come to you, but they also know that what you say is going to matter and help shape them. So- you're doing an incredible job. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. You're such an inspiration and you are so down to earth. And I'm so thankful that you did the podcast with me. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Jay. Appreciate you. I appreciate you so much. And I would love to leave our listeners with this incredible quote. True happiness comes from the joy of deeds well done. The zest of creating things new. Antoine D. Saint Exuberi. So just to recap this awesome guest episode with Berto from his influential parents and grandmas in Puerto Rico to instill the positive values of being a role model for his brothers from watching ESPN, Scholastic Sports America, to following in his mother's footsteps and coming to America to fulfill his passion in sports, to getting accepted to Fordham University on a scholarship for football and then transitioning his interest to the arts 
in the entertainment world, stepping into his role as an actor. From working on his recent recurring role, Castillo, in the upcoming DC HBO Max series, Penguin, aka Boss, starring Colin Farrell, to his roles that he's best known for as Lorenzo Tejada in the Star series, Power Book 2, Ghost, opposite Mary J. Blige, with an incredible cast, including Method Man, and also his very well-known role where it all started as Caesar in the Netflix hit series, Orange is the New Black. Berto, you are such an inspiration for myself and for those tuning in. I hope that you all feel a sense of hope and encouragement and feel inspired to step up to your true passions and live life with this incredible value of being truthful to yourself and what interests you. Berto, I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I appreciate it. I love you too, dear. Can't wait to see you again, Jake. Me too. Thanks for this. Absolutely. I'm so curious, which one of the highlights from this special guest resonated with you the most? Circle that and give it some thought over the next 24 to 48 hours. And if it applies to you, make sure you put it into action because knowledge plus inspiration equals incredible results. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Uber Savvy Life and Biz podcast. That was awesome. We appreciate you. Stay committed to your vision, take consistent action, and know that great things are on the other side of that door. Because remember, only you hold the key to unlock your dream life. So why not start today? I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Can I just say, you're awesome. You just finished an episode of the Uber Savvy Life and Biz podcast. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a nice review and rate it five stars if you found it helpful. But if not, please don't rate it four stars. Just ignore this part. However, if you did like it, make sure you share it with a friend who may find some value in the topics discussed today. Be sure to share it with them because you never know who you could uplift. Also, if you want more, check out the show notes in the description, which would include any links that may have been mentioned in this episode. Are you still listening? Are you waiting for a blooper reel? That'd be a really fun idea to throw in at times. But seriously, are you tired of foggy mornings? Go to jadeellison.com to grab your ultimate caffeine-free boost to supercharge your mornings for success. That's right, your empowered morning mindset checklist. Y'all, great day is just a thought away. Okay, cool. So don't hang up. This is what we're going to do. You mm-hmm. good. First of all, that was Thank awesome. You. Thank you're amazing. You. Thank, you're such a good storyteller. You. We could wait until your microwave is done. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Do you need to, like, finish? Eat. I want you to take a moment to eat, honestly. It's if you're obviously fucking hungry if you're going to eat something. Did you chew? They were like the little, they look like Oreos. They were like really small ones. Are you moving around? Don't do that. Are you ready? Are you ready to have fun? Let's Let's rock. Let's Let's have have some fun. Are you ready? And you remember where to look. Here, make sure all your notifications are turned off, Berto. Yeah, oh, everything is on do not disturb. I don't want anyone messing with me when I'm with Jade, so. Okay. This is it. All right. Awesome. Okay. Do you need to drink water before I start? I'm good. There you go. Thank you, dear. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Don't hang up yet. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll definitely talk soon.